Welcome back, everybody. I know, I know. It's a Saturday morning, so shout out to anyone that's tuning in on a Saturday morning so we didn't really give too much of a heads up on this. But we figured we had to get a little Detroit Lions cut episode out and a mini preview before our big old Thursday night game. But don't worry, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, maybe even Monday. But before the Lions Thursday football game, we will have a full Chiefs-Lions breakdown. We'll just do a little teaser at the end of this episode. This will be mo mostly just me and Julius breaking down some of the cuts, some of the practice squad returners, and all that good stuff. So Julius, my man, we were just discussing a minute ago about this Peacock nonsense and how we're going to have to figure out how to watch the Michigan game. So, um any other struggles I need to know about, about some of these other streaming services? Am I going to have to, you know, get Netflix to watch some football games? You might want to look into it, Adam, because uh, I think that there are going to be some NFL games. That's going to be like, not just Peacock. They're going to uh, be doing like Paramount Plus, uh, ESPN Plus. Uh, there's going to be a lot of little different things. So watch it out. I think college football is like the, gu the guinea pig with it all. So. We get a taste of it week one, Michigan. So, yeah, they rolled it out a tad bit in baseball this year. I got a little taste of it with a couple Tigers games where I was like trying to look for Bali sports. And then I look on ESPN and it's like Peacock. And I'm freaking out thinking, how what Peacock's got the game? What the heck? Do I have to go buy a subscription? So that was a whole little mess. <laughs> yeah, but, they got um, that free trial on deck for everybody. Yeah, else. yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is the only game on Peacock for Michigan. I so, believe so. I do believe that. If correct. you are just a diehard Michigan fan that hates Peacock, you can just get the free trial and you'll be good to go. But next year you may be screwed. <laughs> <laughs> um, had some decent cuts this week. We had a few guys leave the team. A few guys return to the practice squad. But all in all, um, I'm going to start out with the most surprising one. Chase Coda. A little surprising, a little not surprising. Not surprising because he did get injured. So I do believe that was the reason why we did not bring him back. We haven't officially brought him back to the practice squad yet because I think there's some sort of um, language in his contract that says, or his settlement that says you can't negotiate with a player until their injury settlement ends. So once that time period expires, I would heavily expect Chase Cota to come to the practice squad. But as of now, um, he's not with the Lions. And me and Nick, I know Nick's out there somewhere crying in his dreams because he's all pumped. Nick partied a little too hard last night, in case you guys are wondering. He got a little hole-in-one in disc golf, so not as cool as real golf. Actually, it might be. I don't know. I don't play disc golf at all. Don't tell a disc golf for that. <laughs> we'll have to wait for Nick's analysts on that. But all in all, hole-in-one disc golf still seems pretty cool. So um, that's why he's not here. But ultimately, Chase Coda. Um Bummer, bummer, bummer. Julius, you got any thoughts? And speaking of the devil, we just got a little text from Nick, so we might get a little little uh, surprise showing from Nick. Nick, pop up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I wasn't really surprised about Chase, Chase Coda just based off the injury. They gave him an injury settlement, so whenever he heals up, there's a good chance they can re-sign him back to the practice squad or to the even the regular roster. Um. So I wasn't too surprised about Chase Coda based on the injury. I think without the injury, he would have definitely had a shot to battle probably Maurice Alexander for that uh, fifth or sixth wide receiver spot. Yeah, that sixth spot looking like it went to Antonio Green. Or Anton Green? Anton? Uh, mm -hmm. A Green. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he had a solid showing in his final preseason game, catching a 70-yard touchdown pass from, I believe it was, Teddy Bridgewater, Sudfeld, but I think it was Bridgewater. But nonetheless, 70-yard touchdown play. That shows you big playability. I like that. Um, we didn't really see too many big play things from Coda or even Dylan Drummond, the guy we did bring back to practice squad. And I do think that was kind of the, the tiebreaker. Also, I'm sure the injury might have been a little icing on the cake for Coda. But ultimately, um, I like it. Um, I think the Lions wide receiver room is very, very set. Julius, I'm going to hit you with the question of the day. There were some rumblings. Actually, not rumblings. It's been confirmed. Mike Evans came out to the Bucs said, hey, if you guys don't extend me, I'm September 9th, contract extensions, donezo, which is week one. So I don't think they're going to extend him or do anything with him. So Mike Evans is likely going to be a heavily targeted trade deadline 
player, or he'll be a free agent next year. So, Julius, this is a guy that come trade deadline, I'm not exactly sure when it'll be. I don't know if it's – it's like right around week six, week seven, that area. So, it'll be like right when J-Mo's coming back. So, it'll be interesting if – all right, are we going to trust J-Mo that he lights it up, or do we just need this big weapon to just put us over the top and then J-Mo can just be extra? Only the Lions will know. Right. Only the Lions will know. So if they're feeling good about J-Mo, they think he's all healed up and he's acclimated back to the playbook and he's ready to just jump right right in like a midseason trade edition or free agency edition. Because that's that'll be the best case scenario for the Lions that Jamison Williams is like he is like that trade or free agency acquisition in the middle of the season and get you over the hump. But if they feel that he's not it, if Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell feels that he's not ready. Mike Evans is definitely a guy that can be a target and among others. There's a lot of veteran receivers out there that that uh, that the Lions could target. We always see other teams do this kind of thing week seven, week eight, uh, like, this, you know, the Patriots and uh, teams that are always in it. The Cowboys, you know, the Chiefs, they they make a they make a wide receiver trade. Uh, I, I think the Chiefs got Kadarius Tony last season from the Giants midseason kind of help them out so it's more more than definitely possible i agree i think it's a little bit of a, like a go with a flow type thing if amon ra is playing at like all pro status marvin jones has some juice left in the tank josh reynolds is over reliable cliff is just catching all those slot passes then yeah might just have to wait and be like hey if he comes in free agency then that'll be huge yeah. but as of now it's a good thing that we have such a good GM that makes such good draft picks late later on, but it's also a bad thing in which part of me is like, no, I don't really want to give up, you know, maybe a fourth rounder for Mike Evans because that fourth rounder could turn it to, you know, an Amon Ra or a, a superstar. And it, it's just, it's a little bit tougher, but it's good in the sense that we have a competent uh, GM that knows the late round picks and can make them. But now it's given some Lions fans a little bit of like, second guessing in which two years ago oh we'd be hammering the table to trade a pick to go get mike evans but now we know what brad brad holmes can do with those picks so it's like mm, we'll see we'll see how it goes so yeah, i agree we're more patient now we're more patient definitely exactly it's a little play by ear type uh scenario um the lions did have just one guy that we all kind of thought was going to make the team there was about three or four starling thomas stephen gilmore uh chase coda dylan drummond but it was stephen gilmore that made the team younger brother of stefan gilmore who defensive player of the year former stud all pro guy pro bowl dude just yeah, maybe paul of famer i don't know i'd still have to look his resume but definitely has a shot at it um ultimately younger brothers not just because I'm a younger brother, but all younger brothers seem to always be better than their older brother. Typically in the pros, maybe not just your average Joe, because my brother could still kick my ass in basketball. But um, if you're looking at some of these examples, you know, the Watt brothers, we saw how good JJ was. Now look at TJ Watt. He's every bit the same. The Bosa brothers. Um, there's just pl the, well, I guess Peyton is older than Eli. And so there's, there's one flaw. But ultimately, you typically get a younger brother that's just trained with that older brother, all his older friends, his entire, you know, high school, middle school, even college, perhaps. And he's just kind of built better. So Stephen Gilmore made the 53-man roster, will have some opportunities with, you know, Mosley. I don't expect us to just thrust Mosley right back in. We did activate him off the pup, but I... I wouldn't be shocked if we see some some Stephen Gilmore. So now, Julius, we'll fire back to you. Were you surprised that we didn't keep anyone, any more cornerbacks than Gilmore? Because there was Starling Thomas that we had to let go. Well, not really let go, but he went to the Cardinals practice squad. And then Chase Coda, who, or no, Chase Lucas, other Chase, who did come back to our practice squad. Uh, there were some surprises. So Starling Thomas, uh, I thought he was better corner than Khalil Dorsey throughout the preseason and I still hold a little grudge over uh, Khalil Dorsey for uh injuring uh what's his name was yeah was Shane Zilster our friend Zilster. of the show say Zilster. friend of the show so hey shout out to Shane Zilster friend of the show uh best of luck out there but I still hold a little grudge for Dorsey you know uh a, a cornerback five a cornerback six taking out 
friend of the show like that. But that's besides the point. I thought that Starling Thomas was the better corner, so I was a bit surprised. He didn't even get picked up on our practice squad. So he's waived and ended up being signed by Arizona. Yeah, he's on their practice squad now. So, yeah, that's a waste over there. Um, Chase Lucas, I think uh, he definitely has some potential um, to be a pretty good nickel corner. So I like that we kept him around the practice squad. Um, I still would have probably preferred Chase Lucas making an active roster, especially on special teams over Khalil Dorsey. I'm just not a big fan of Khalil Dorsey, but it's okay. Uh, Craig Reynolds made his way back to the team, so I'm, I wasn't too – I kind of figured that that's what was happening with that. They were just moving numbers around to get Craig Reynolds back. So there really wasn't any big shock other than Starling Thomas, I would say. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Craig Reynolds was a wild roller coaster. Um, at first, when we cut him, we cut him, so it wasn't like we waived him for him to go to practice squad. So um, – there was some hopes that he would come back, and all of a sudden we went out and signed Bam Knight to the practice squad. So people are thinking, oh, maybe we don't bring Craig back. I don't know. It's not look like he's coming back. Well, bam, we placed Julian O'Quarr on IR, and Craig Reynolds is back, not just to the practice squad, but to the active 53-man roster. This was Brad Holmes' plan all along. We still have some depth on the practice squad. We brought back our Mr. Netflix, Craig Reynolds, heart of the team, and now we're, we're good to go. We got some depth on the running back side. We don't just have Gibbs and Monty there. Uh, Craig Reynolds now is that third running back. So, yeah, it was a bit of a roller coaster in which I probably tweeted out four or five times, goodbye and hello back to Craig Reynolds. <laughs> I thought he was gone for sure. And then I saw, oh, no, we're probably bringing him back. And then we signed Bam Knight. So he was gone. Yeah. And think about it. If you think about it, it's, it's really easy to lose two running backs in a game in the NFL. Like, we could have legit had friend of the show, Jason Cabinda, taking 20 carries, <laughs> you know, for the Lions at fullback if, if, if you know, something bad happened uh, injury-wise in a game. It's always great to have a third running back. And then we did have a little bit of a problems, issues, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, some kicking issues are starting to arise once again. This last preseason Ooh. game, we saw Riley Patterson, the man who we seem to cut Michael Badgley for and in favor of Patterson. He was short on a 53-yarder, which not the best, and then he missed an extra point. So tough outing for his last preseason game, but uh, Dan Campbell still says he believes that um, Riley Patterson is a guy that just – moves on to the next next game next game so he's not thinking about this which is good you can't have a kicker that's like oh my god i can't believe i missed this extra point then it gets to their head and then they brett maher or cody parkey and just go double going craziness so um we do have a little more kicker drama we brought back michael badgley to you know give us a little security blanket badgley was solid for us last year he was he was like your typical average kicker. He, he made some 50 yarders. He missed a couple, but he was pretty consistent inside of 40. That's pretty much all I want. I just want to do that's just an ace from inside of 40, not missing any extra points. If you don't hit your 50s, if you're a little short, it's okay. If you're more accurate on, you know, inside the 40s, but that's why I thought we were getting with Patterson. And now he's, he's a little bit rusty. So Julius, any concern or... What do you what do you make of all this kicking issues going on? Well, I just think back on the times when we didn't worry about kickers with Matt Prater and Jason Hansen. And and now this is one of our biggest, if not our biggest concern, you know, is that the Lions, you know, have a kicking problem where we're losing close games because of our, because of our kicker only. Like our kicker is our problem. So it's kind of weird problem to have. However, I would advise Brad Holmes to pull the trigger and make a trade for a proven commodity, if, if possible, just to get rid of all the uncertainty, you know, because when it there's the more uncertainty there is, the more pressure is going to be on the shoulders of of, of, of of whoever they want to bring in, you know, whether that be Riley Patterson, Michael Batchley or whatnot. So I would pull the trigger. I don't really know who's available out there, really. Uh, I think I heard Nick Folk. But I don't know if he, he just got, got traded. He did just get traded. See, the, the the kicker pool is short. You know, they might as well throw me an offer. That's how bad it is out there. So maybe maybe we already got the right guy in the building. You know, Mr. Riley Patterson himself. So we'll see. 
So what I think happened is Brad Holmes may have jumped the gun just a tad bit because we gave up a seventh rounder to get Riley Patterson back, which, whatever, seventh rounder, that's fine. But now uh, we just saw Nick Folk go to the Titans for a seventh rounder. Will Lutz go to the Broncos for a seventh rounder. And Dustin Hopkins go to somewhere for a seventh rounder. He was traded for the, the Chargers, the Browns, that's right. And there's been all this kicker just like switching Ooh, back and forth. We'll say a guy that maybe I'll keep an eye on, Cade York. He was a former, I think, fourth rounder either last year or two years ago. And he just didn't have a good preseason. He missed a couple kicks. And then the Browns ultimately decide his fate, trading for Dustin Hopkins. And I believe he is cut now, so he's a free agent. Uh, so he's, you know, maybe a guy to keep an eye on. But ultimately, I think we should be able to find a good kicker between Patterson or if we go back to Badgley. I like that we did bring in someone because we did cut. Uh, we waived Parker Romo, that uh, undrafted free agent we signed. He's now with the Bears, sadly. Oh, so, I don't know why I just knocked. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking something else. Um, but <laughs> um, I like that we have some competition now because it seemed better last year when Badgley was like, oh, crap, this Patterson guy might be stealing my job. And then Badgley won the job at cut day as opposed to when Patterson won the job, it was, we cut Pat Badgley weeks before cut day. So a little, little jump in the gun. And I yeah. do think Brad Holmes might be thinking, Hey, did I give up the wrong or did I, did I go for the wrong kicker? Because the seventh rounder could have got me three or four other kickers. And those right. guys seem to be a little bit better than Patterson, but granted Patterson is still a little bit younger, doesn't have as big of a resume. So he could still hop on and, uh, you know, become that, solid kicker that we were hoping but ultimately a little murky yeah <laughs> uh, a couple guys that did make the team who a lot of people now nah, these small lions fans were thinking i don't know they could be surprise cuts will harris and jason gabinda both of those guys have been there through thick and thin were there from the start of the brad holmes era and Dan Campbell era until now. And there were some rumors that maybe those guys could be surprise cuts. Kabinda wasn't having the best preseason slash camp. Will Harris just, um, he, he's been okay for us, but we know who Will Harris is. And of course we have Branch, CJ Garner-Johnson, Kirby, Tracy Walker, tons of studs at safety now. So we're a little bit deeper, but ultimately uh, we decide keeping both. Julius, were these two guys that, you were kind of, you know, on the fence about, or were you, you pretty confident they were coming back? Uh, Will Harris, <clears throat> I have not been a fan of Will Harris since we drafted him. I understand he's a veteran, though, and he has experience lined up in multiple positions. I can understand why that's attractive to the Lions coaching staff. I just, every time I see Will Harris get beat for a corner route or zig route, it turns my stomach knowing he wasn't cut back in 2021. Fuck <laughs> Will Harris, dude. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Nick. Boys. That's the way you come on the show, boy. <laughs> but, yeah, Will Harris, I really wasn't surprised he made a team. I expected it. I'm just not a fan. Jason Cabinda, friend of the show, just, you know, he's just not a, a pass-catching fullback. You know, he's a core special teamer. He's a blocking menace. You know, and and I just don't think as much you can do with Jason offensively. But I do understand why he made the team. I would have, I would have definitely elected Jason Cabena to make the team as well. I just wouldn't throw him many, you know, little flat routes. You know what I'm saying? But Will Harris, Jason Cabena, I expected them both, so not too big of a shock. Welcome in, Nick. Uh, we're just talking a little of these Lions cuts. Will Harris and Jason Cabinda as of now, but uh, you got any, we did go past Chase Cody, your boy, but if you want to talk a little bit about him, I know it was an injury settlement, so there is some parts where he could be back with this team later on in the season, but ultimately, Nick, give us some of your thoughts on just Coda or any of these cuts. Oof. Well, I just woke <laughs> up, so let me try <laughs> to think about it. Chug that coffee. Oh, I know, I know. We, I, I will say, Nick, we did mention the viewers do know that you're you're waking up from a little partying after getting that hole in one disc golfing. So, actually, tell us about that. How how was that? That was incredible. I've been disc golfing for 16 years, and oh, wow. all of my friends, all of my friends, have got aces 
friends that I am much better at at disc golfing. I'm not afraid to say it. Um, I win every week disc golfing, and yet everyone else in the world had an ace. So yesterday we go out there, and it's hole, hole one. Freaking just walked up. Like my daughter's running around. We have five other guys meet us, so six people. We flip for teams. We figure out our teams, and I was like, I'll just shoot first. So I just go up there. I haven't thrown a disc in, I don't know, three, four weeks. It's been a while. And I just whip that thing, and it soars, skips on the ground, and right into the basket, and everyone just throws their arms up, and I start running around. Dude, there's other people watching and shit, and I was just, oh, it was probably one of the best moments of my life, something I swear to God I'll never forget. Like, I will, I'll just never forget that. Like, it's not as cool as getting a hole-in-one in golf, obviously, but it it's something I've tried for 16 years. Thank you, Mary. 16 years tried to do and finally got finally got it that was guys i cannot tell you how good that felt the only thing that'll feel better than it this year is the every lions win 17 lions wins <laughs> agreed and yeah nick um i gotta say me and julius were talking about i don't think julius i don't know if i asked you if you played disc golf but i was thinking i don't know how hard it is in disc golf but you said yourself 16 years did say a few of your buddies have it already so probably not like you know a hole in one in golf but right. com- give us something to compare it to. I-, I assume it's a little bit harder than like you know. I'm trying to- I know that's tough. I don't want to say like- strike because I definitely th- it's got to be harder than you know like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. I don't know. Is it like? Is it safe to say it's almost like dunking? Like okay. How that's- far away was the shot? Three hundred and two feet. That's a long. That's a long. So shot. it's a hundred yards. Okay, 100 so yards. it's it's like a like a nice chip, like chipping in for eagle. Yeah, that's that's something I could I I, I would put it towards. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, not a hole in one, but like a chip in oh, yeah, yeah. from nice a far okay. distance Go. amount for an eagle. Yeah, and really, then- really fun. Like it just you don't like it. You melt your whole body melts when it happens. Like it just I I had I went got a picture of it wrote on the back of the disc this is my ace disc like i'm gonna frame that thing like (laughs) and it's gotta gotta be a little bit more special just waiting the 16 years as opposed to you know just going out your second time disc golf and just oh you know get the lucky one and now it's like yes dude that's so true it's so special because of it dude like i freaking waited so long and like would get ridiculed man we would be there drinking with the boys every weekend and every weekend i would hear oh well uh, nick doesn't have an ace and this and that and this and they would just rub the shit in and i would get pissed and finally i'm part of the group i am now a part of the ace group and it is ecstatic Less ecstatic about Chase Coda, old Coca-Cola running away from us. It, it was an injury settlement, and I didn't read much into it. I just saw it was an injury settlement. He didn't make the team. Is he gone, gone? Well, no, no, or? no. So I do believe um, – I, I I don't know how official this is, but I did see someone commented back on the Chase Coda thing mm-hmm. saying we haven't brought him back to the practice squad because of the injury settlement, and there has to be a time period that goes by for him to clear off the injury settlement, the settlement to expire, something – but basically, we can't add him to the practice squad, or I don't think anyone can until his settlement, con- whatever it is, expires. Because we did that with like four or five or six guys, didn't we? Am I crazy? Am I just like was there? Yeah, there's I a think lot of- I think, I think uh, Zilstra got it as well. Uh, yeah. Or- yep. So it gives the team a chance to re-sign them once they heal up, though. When they, okay. when they do that. I'm okay with that. So what was Coda's injury? Did we know? Does anyone know? No, they never really announced it, which hmm. was interesting. So yeah. I don't know if it was something like super bad and they just didn't, you know, want to say it or if it was just something it's minor. Like, movies. This is a sprained ankle. It will only be out a couple weeks. Right, 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 right. I loved Code Kokoda. He was my man. I was hoping he's making the roster, but he didn't. Onward and upward. Let's move on and get ready for uh, – Get ready for, for Kansas City. <laughs> I don't yeah. care who the hell's on our team, man. They can put me on the team. I'm ready for that game. I will say one guy we did bring to the practice squad, I think this was our only only notable name that we brought from a different team, and that was Bam Knight, running back for the Jets. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this was a steal. This was a guy who performed very well in the last few games of the season due to Brees Hall injury, Michael Carter getting banged up, and I think there was another guy that got injured for the Jets. 
And this Zonovan Knight guy, Zonovan Bam Knight, gets vaulted into this starter role. And he actually did pretty good. Um, while you guys are talking about, I'll look up his stats. But um, he kind of just got the odd man out on the, the Jets. They drafted a running back in Izzy Abandike, or whatever you say his last name. They or not trade, signed Dalvin Cook, obviously. And then they have Brees Hall, a superstar in the making. So it's like... How do we do this? And also Michael Carter, a guy they, I think, was a third-round draft pick just a couple years ago. So it was pretty much inevitable that Zonovan Knight wouldn't make this team. He is a very good player. He's on our practice squad for now, but don't be surprised if he swaps spots with our boy Craig Reynolds and takes that third spot or even any type of injury. He is next man up. Yeah, I liked Bam Knight and know him from my fantasy days in 2021. All fancy guys know Bam Knight. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He had a couple. He had, he had a good couple games. Waiver King. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I like him, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, he's not moving the needle much for me. I don't think he's going to come in and all of a sudden we just found this amazing treasure of a running back. And next thing you know, we have Derrick Henry and Bam Knight. Like, I, I think he's... Maybe a little bit. I think he's more athletic than Craig Reynolds, but Craig Reynolds knows our system and knows what our coach is like. I don't see Bam Knight taking anyone's job, but you're right, Adam, when you said as soon as an injury happens, which hopefully doesn't, but it is an almost inevitable at a running back position. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to get injured. We have a very good four-string replacement, one that I would say is better than the guys that we were trying out this year. And I honestly, because I woke up, can't even remember their names right now. But um, who <laughs> was our one guy? Jamar Jefferson. Who was the other guy? The Abraham. No, Abraham. Mo Abraham. Mo yeah, we, Abraham. He, was, he was injury settlement too. Ah, there's injury another settlement injury too. settlement. Another injury <laughs> settlement. We had the like, uh, oh, Beniki. I forgot his name, but. Uh, oh, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. he made the practice squad as what? No, maybe not. See, we had a lot of running backs. Um, they're all just playing fourth fiddle right now. Like, it's Monty's and Gibbs game, and I think Craig is still our running back three. I think the way we got rid of him and brought him back was literally and only for, like, money purposes. Like, it was it cost us nothing to get rid of him. We knew no one would sign him. We knew we could bring him back, and we knew that if we, by doing that we could, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know on the business side of it, but it, I, I have a feeling that Brad Holmes wasn't like, I hope someone takes them off waivers. It was like, let's just yeah, get rid of a slick right move now. where it was like, hey, if we cut him, cut him now and don't just waive him. Sure, anyone can go, you know, just snag him to their 53 roster, but they can't put them put him to his practice squad. So if they really like him, they're gonna have to really like him. And the next day allowed us to put Juno Cora on IR. I don't know why we couldn't have just put Okora on IR that day and then do it, but there was NFL there, was a, there was a correlation between it. There was. Like, we yes, did that yes. for Craig Reynolds for a reason. And so yeah. that's what happened. We put Okora on IR, and then we brought Craig Reynolds back with that extra little spot, costing us no one. We didn't have to waive him because I, if we did waive Craig Reynolds, I do think there is a chance that he goes to a practice squad. The difference between getting outright cut true. and being waived is when you're waived, you can go to practice squads, have a chance for that. When you're cut, it's just you're an open free agent. See, and I did not know that. So thank you so much for enlightening me. And I hope anyone listening who didn't know that, you know, appreciates that as well. Because I did not know that. I did not understand that. And and you're probably right. He probably would have went on a practice squad. But no one's putting him on a 53-man roster. So that was great business. Great, great way to do it, Brad Holmes. Um, and Bam Knight, welcome to the team. Um, I honestly hope you never have to play for us. But uh, if you do, I hope you're fucking amazing. You well, know simmer I mean? down there, Jerry Jones. <laughs> No, I don't get the reference. I don't get the reference. I'll just have to tell this. Jerry Jones, when he traded for Trey Lance, his exact quote was, I do not wish or want or need any help from Trey Lance this year. (laughs) And I was like, all right, we get it. Text your guy. You don't want him to get injured. But this dude, you just traded for him. Don't bash him. And for anyone who doesn't know, Adam and myself went and drafted Trey Lance in like the 11th or 12th yeah, I round. I Trey Lance truther. I liked Trey Lance in the Scott Fishbowl. I thought it was a good risk, but it, you know, high, you got to risk it for the biscuit, and sometimes those biscuits burn. Speaking of, yeah. I like it. Speaking of Trey Lance, um, the Lions 
weren't actually in on him. There were some rumors that the Lions reports, Lions were one of the teams that inquired uh, some news about him, but it just came out. Brad Holmes said it himself. No, we didn't uh, inquire anything about Trey Lance. We weren't ever in on him. So good, bad, whatever. Um, I think it just shows some faith in maybe Teddy Bridgewater or just some. Um, But the one thing I was getting ready to get to was the whole reason we signed Bam Knight is because on the NFL top 100 countdown, when Aiden Hutchinson was like 97, whatever he was, and they do all, they interview some players, they're like, yeah, Aiden Hutchinson, he's a freak. Well, freaking Bam Knight gets a cameo and says Aiden Hutchinson will be a Hall of Famer one day. Wow. So, hello, this dude's already a damn Lions fan, already an Aiden Hutchinson fan. He knows the culture. He knows what's coming. So why not bring him in? So I do think that played maybe a little teeny tiny bit of Brad Holmes was like, you know, I like this guy. Yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe. Um, One running back that we did bring in who we thought maybe had a shot at the team that did not make it was Benny Snell. We didn't even bring him back to the practice squad. I do believe that we probably would have brought him back, but Donovan Knight was that practice squad running back that we went for. So not the craziest of news. Um. That seemed like, though, that we're getting in on the Mike Evans debate. Did you guys talk about that Yeah, we did talk a little bit about that. I asked Julius um, if he would want Mike Evans. And, Nick, we were kind of in agreement of yes and no because we have a GM that's an ace with late-round picks. And if we're looking like we don't need Mike Evans, I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, just holding on to these picks. We do have J-Mo coming back. But if it's looking like we need someone to be put over the top, Go for it. Give them, give them the third, give them the fourth, whatever. But what would you be comfortable trading Mike Evans for, if at Ooh. all? I feel like I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Um, all right. <laughs> I we I I'm RGM has no idea how to handle wide receivers, in my opinion. Monra St. Brown was a great pick. Don't get me wrong. It was an ama- it was an amazing great pick. Every single other wide receiver we have signed and or drafted with Brad Holmes has been a bust. That can include JMO if you wanted to, or it can't, or you can just say, no, that doesn't include JMO yet. He hasn't played enough. That's fine. I don't care what, I don't really care about JMO right now. What I care about is every single one of our wide receivers, the Trinity Benson era has ended. All these wide receivers that we bring in that are trash. And right now we're hanging our hat on 46 year old Marvin Jones, Josh Reynolds, Cliff Raymond. And Antoine Green, where if Brad Holmes is such an amazing GM at drafting wide receivers late, then Green probably should just be as good as Jamison Williams, right? And why the hell do we even draft JMO? Honestly, our wide receiver room is depleted. And Mike Evans on the on the outside with Amon on the outside and let JMO run the slot. Let JMO just take the slot guys deep and have a linebacker or safety try to cover JMO out of the slot. Good luck would be so fun to me. It would be so fun. And what it would cost us a third or fourth rounder, meaning we lose a Broderick Martin. I mean, Levi Anzawerke is going to start over him this year. We still have Isaiah, but like, I'm I'm okay with getting rid of up to a third rounder. I won't get rid of a second rounder for Mike Evans, but up to a third rounder, I'm I'm like calling Tampa trying to get this. I've said this hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, and I'll continue to say it. This is our window. When Ben Johnson leaves, our team may not be up to snub. It might not be. We don't know. And what I do know is that we're very talented while Ben Johnson is our offensive coordinator. That's why this is the year, because if we get NFC championship bound, he's gone. He's <laughs> gone. And and I, I, I just don't know if I trust whoever comes in to be our offensive coordinator to immediately get us right back up and running. Right, right back. If we had a coach like Andy Reid or Sean McVay, who really was the offensive guru, then it wouldn't really matter who your offensive coordinator is. But when you have a coach who is a motivator and relies heavily on his offense and defensive coordinators and substitute coaching that goes along with those coordinators, then we might be in trouble if we lose one of those guys. So we need to build our team around our window right now, along with the future, right? Like in two years, like we're gonna have to start paying a bunch of guys. But by then, Mike Evans is off our off our stat sheet, right? He's off of our salary. But let's just go all in on him now because what I'm really afraid of is in 
the whole season, especially weeks one through six, if Amonra goes down, Jared got we won't win a game on the road. We will not win a game on the road. And we'll have to get lucky to win the games at home. Jared Goff has proven us that we, he sucks on the road. Have you looked at his splits from last year, the last two years? He is fucking god-awful on the road. And without Amonra St. Brown, what if St. Brown goes down in the first quarter this year against Kansas City? Right? Just for a couple games. Then we're out Kansas City, Seattle, Carolina. What if we're out those two games with St. Brown? We're Our best receiver is going to be Josh Reynolds, Marvin Jones, Antoine Green, Cliff Raymond. Like, we're screwed. There's no reason that we aren't doing anything and everything we can to bring in a big-name wide receiver. And I'm right here with Justin, who was saying Hopkins needed to be here, but they but Detroit didn't want Hopkins needed to come to Detroit. Hopkins would have been better than Mike Evans. We should have paid up for Hopkins. We should go pay up for Mike Evans. This rely on Trinity Benson and Tyrell Williams and Marvin Jones and Khalif. Those days, we're not, we're not there anymore. We're out of the stepping stone of that time. We should be in this era right now where it's like, J-Mo, our 15th pick, 13th overall pick, might not even be the best top two wide receiver on our team. Like, that's where we should be. It shouldn't be. He is the second best wide receiver. He's out six weeks. When he comes back, it's gonna be, I think we're like, it's the same thing with kicker right now. It's it's like, guys, if we want to win the Super Bowl, we can't just go for two every time. Like, we can't do that. We can't go for it for fourth down every time. We can't throw the ball to Josh Reynolds or a triple-covered Amonra St. Brown on third down in the back end of the season. Like, we can't do that. We just can't do it. We need I'm scared. I trust Brad and Brad Holmes. We trust man. Like I tweeted that out, but I, that doesn't mean I can't be scared. I am very nervous and 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 think very like if we finish this year nine and eight, right? Say we finish the season nine and eight. Two of them because we missed a game-winning field goal, and two of them because we dropped a game-winning touchdown, like Josh Reynolds did last year or DJ Shark did last year. That's four wins right there, and that's because we were too proud or too worried about paying our guys in the future than going to win right fucking now. And I don't think Brad Holmes thinks that, like, you know, like, well, we can all, we're mortgaging right now to win for the future. Like he, he said he's ready to win right now. I just think there's there's pieces that we could be adding to assure when the, when the Rams had, like, a, man, Rams should win right now. This is their year. They went and traded for Von Miller. Don't, don't be... Don't be the Bengals and be like, no, we have a good youth, good foundation. We're going to just do it right now. Go be the Rams and go get someone to take you over that hump. And right now, I feel like Mike Evans is that guy. It's a great point, Nick. Um, Mike Evans, yes, I do think he is that dude that takes us over the top. And, yeah, you're right. Uh, the Rams didn't just trade for Von Miller. It was Jalen Ramsey, too. Oh, I know Ramsey wasn't right before they made it to the Super Bowl, but I actually do think Ramsey – might have been on the way to the first Super Bowl or maybe shortly after. I think it was right after. Anyways. Um, they got a bunch of people. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, nonetheless, yeah. You, you need to bring the hammer down. And we're in an interesting circumstance where it is it is this year where not a lot of teams get an opportunity where it's like their first year to win is like the year. Typically, it's like make the playoffs, win a playoff game, mm-hmm. NFC Championship, Super Bowl. Now it's like – just missed the playoffs, NFC Championship game. That's what it's like. It's not like right, right. right. It's, it's not like baseball or hockey or even basketball where you got to build it up. It's where we know our guru Ben Johnson was getting head coaching offers. If we do win a playoff game, he's good as gone because he's not mm-hmm. turning down life changing money. Um, he, it's just it's basically this this year or. We try to figure it out the next two, three years. So, Julius, you want to weigh back in on some Mike Evans talk? Your, your opinion get changed? Um, yeah. It, I mean, a little bit. I mean, Mike it's Evans. Good at this stuff. I'll take Mike Evans for a third-round pick right now. I really would. I mean, i take it for anything. I might even – no, I'm not taking it for a second. You're right about that, Nick. But i take it for a third or anything else. Um, I'm kind of worried. But at the same time, I'm interested to see if we're worried for no reason because Ben Johnson's offense is so pre-dedicated to the offensive line and the running game and the tight ends that we don't speak of that we just, you know, we just ignored 
the rest of the depth chart down the wide receiver line. But uh, guys like Khalif Raymond, I know they can be productive. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Josh Reynolds, I'm a little bit more worried about because I feel like he had an off year last year compared to what we thought. And I think he had an off training camp, too, uh, based on what I read. Uh, and then there's the JMO thing. I think you're right, Nick. It's it's not good that JMO is the, the second best wide receiver. It's like if we good. had a solidified wide receiver two, we wouldn't not worry about J. All this JMO hoopla would not be as serious. But since he is so important to our offense per se, there's, there's the panic. So I I, I wouldn't mind it. Uh, we'll see if Brad Holmes has the gall. Uh, to go out and do something like that. I think that's something that winning teams do. I think I mentioned to Nick, that's like something that teams that know they're going to probably make it to the Super Bowl. They they make those midseason acquisitions. So we'll see. Now, one player who a team did think would make them a, give them a Super Bowl push. I don't know where I'm going with this, but TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I was trying to word in the contract, the massive contract he just got. But uh, Hawkinson, he hasn't really been a bust for the Vikings, but this contract was huge. He is now the highest paid tight end in not just the NFL, but NFL history. And boys, every Lions fan popped a little champagne. Just happy we didn't have to deal with these contract issues because TJ Hawkinson's still asking for the same amount of money if he's with the Lions or the Vikings. It's not like going to the Vikings made him want to ask for more. So we would have been dealing with this awful headache. We wouldn't have had – I was a little bit wrong on some of the, the pick we got for Hawkinson. The second-round pick ended up being a trade back for Hendon Hooker, so it kind of turned into Hendon Hooker. But ultimately, um, the fact that we're not paying Hawkinson, who I, I do believe he's a good tight end, but he's, he's not your Travis Kelsey, he's not your Mark Andrews, he's not even really your George Kill, I don't think. Can he get there? Maybe, but I do not think with the Vikings. I don't think Kirk Cousins is good enough to put him over the top. Justin Jefferson is still that absolute number one target. And now they just paid a boatload of money to TJ Hawkinson. They still have to make Justin Jefferson the highest paid wide receiver of all time. And Kirk Cousins is now looking like he's left out to dry. So I expect some cap issues with the Vikings and Kirk Cousins in the next two years-ish. Kirk Cousins... I believe he is – he might even be a free agent or um, have an easy cat casualty cut for him. So the Vikings could be without Kirk Cousins, and maybe this is what they're doing, trying to keep their weapons and then go out and pull a, a Colts and get like a Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, uh, do whatever the Colts have been doing those last few years. But ultimately, Nick, I'm going to shoot it to you. How happy are you that we, we aren't making T.J. Hawkins to the highest-paid tight end? <laughs> Very happy. Very elated about that. Um, very happy for TJ Hawkinson to be paid. That too, um, yeah. Good for a lot of a lot of Michigan a lot of Michigan people, a lot of fans I've seen, a lot of people and friends I've talked to are like, Oh my god, what a terrible contract. This is the worst thing Minnesota could have ever done. Hawkinson's the fourth best tight end in the league. If you want to argue Darren Waller's better than him or Dallas Goddard, go have fun and argue with your ceiling on your bed, because I don't care. He's the fourth best tight end in the league. Adam, you named the best three. It's Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, Hawkinson. Just because the tight end position isn't like you get your Justin Jeffersons and your Randy Mosses and your Kelvin. Like the tight end position, you don't have to be this stat-producing amazing guy to be the fourth best tight end. Darren Waller hasn't like caught over 50 yards in a season for the last like two years. Like you don't have to be amazing. Like you just don't. You just got to be really good um competent a good blocker and from iowa and as long as you got all those knocked down you're gonna get paid so good for tj hawkinson he got paid thank god we don't have to pay him and by the time it's time to pay sam laporta it's a business i'll be ready for the next one you know what i mean like it's just there isn't the the odds that you catch a travis kelsey is literally one out of every single tight end that's ever played in the nfl which has got to be over i don't know ten thousand tight ends so like the odds you're getting a Mike Dicka, a Rob Gronkowski, a Travis Kelsey, it's so rare. It's so rare. I don't need to, like, stick around to see if we have one because we can just continue to add them. Tight end position is not a Super Bowl moving piece. I agree. Okay and him. these big tight ends, Nick, um, where did they all come from? Kelsey? He, I believe he was in late – not late, late round, but he was, like, a third or fourth. Uh, Gronk was a third. Waller was, I'm pretty sure, undrafted. Um, 
Laporta, soon to be stud, third rounder? Yeah, early third. So it's like you don't second. need second. Okay. You don't need to spend up and go get your Kyle Pitts, your Brandon Pettigrew, your Eric Ebron, your TG Hackinson, because more times than not, it just it doesn't work out. And you're better yeah. off just taking a dart throw on tight end every single year from rounds four to six. And in those three years, you'll probably find one good tight end as opposed to, you know, trying to lock it up with a first rounder or even an early second rounder. So I would prefer the three headed snake we have of Brock Wright, James Mitchell and Sam Laporta than to pan TJ Hawkinson, 45 guaranteed million dollars for the next four years or whatever it is. hundred percent. And also like, what even even if we didn't draft Sam Laporta, say this conversation is Shane Zilstra, Brock Wright, and James, like you know, I'll say that. <laughs> Shane Zilstra didn't get injured, and those were our three tight ends going in. I would still be, literally be sitting here saying, "Thank God we didn't pay DJ Hawkinson." I would much rather have my three-headed monster of yeah. Zilstra, Wright, and um, uh, Mitchell instead of yeah. Laporta added in instead of Zilstra, which is bet like which is great. Um, we don't you, exactly a tight end. Except for Travis Kelsey, except for Travis Kelsey, a tight end has never been like on the Super Bowl winning team, and people are like, screw the quarterback, screw the defensive edges. That tight end really, really changed this season. The only one I can think of that comes close is Gronk, but he played with Tom Brady, so you're right that you you, you had the quarterback. But he was a monster in his heyday. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right on that. You're right. You're right. You're right. Gronk is, but, but again, yeah, not but many at all. There's he no had many. Brady, and Kelsey has Mahomes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. so okay, you're right. You can be the best tight end, but you're just gonna have to couple that with the best quarterback to ever play the football game. <laughs> so if you if you got that, then yeah, maybe a, a smart tight end is really good. But if you just got a nice run of your mill, average Jared Goff quarterback out there, then our tight end is not make yeah. or break in our Super Bowl. It really just isn't. It's That's often a huge line. point, Nick. Honestly, because it, it's kind of weird that. Potentially the two best quarterbacks of all time, the two best tight ends of all time were paired together. Isn't that yeah. weird? And yeah, it's yeah. like And Peyton Manning made his tight ends very oh, good. Dallas Clark and and uh who was the Denver Broncos rookie tight end that caught eighty-five touchdowns that first year? Does Ju- anyone remember? Julius Thomas. Oh, it was Julius Thomas. Way Thomas to go. Way yeah, to go. Good. Great oh, wow. name. Yeah, all about Julius Me Thomas. too. Great call out, Adam. Good job. <laughs> The fancy guy, man, all those names stick in my head. Yeah, I think pretty had 11 touchdowns that year. Yeah, it was crazy. He had like Fall three outs. in the Fall first outs. week or something. Peyton, yeah, yeah, Peyton yeah. Manning, the tight end maker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the Lions, we, although we've been kind of getting not so, well, I don't know where I'm going with this again. Um, the two players that might not, the Lions might not be facing, Chris Jones and now Jamal Adams. Weeks one and two for the Lions. So week one we played Chiefs. Chris Jones is having some contract issues. And boys, I had a little epiphany in my brain about Chris Jones. And this this kind of scared me, but I was like, no, let's what if the Chiefs and Chris Jones have a contract working out? They're talking through it right now. And Andy Reid and everyone else is like, nah, we don't think he's gonna be here. He's probably not gonna be here. And then come Wednesday evening, bam, big old extension for Chris Jones. And the Lions are thrown off a bit because they, I, I'm sure they're expecting to not play him. So are there any worries that the Chiefs might be trying to pull a fast one? Or do you think Chris Jones is really just trying to get the biggest bag of the world? Granted, he did give up $1.8 million, so... I wouldn't really expect him to try to, you know, okay, it's week one. I'll take a million, a couple million less to, you know, play week one. He is, if I don't get the most of the most, I'm not playing, period. I've already given up 1.8 mil. Money doesn't matter. I'm getting more. So any type of concerns for this little fast one the Chiefs could pull? Julius? Nope, I'm not concerned about it. I think that uh, this is total contract uh, dispute based. I don't think the Chiefs care to go to do this against the lions to pull a fast one to try to beat us uh week one after they get their rings put on their finger uh i just think chris jones just won his money so uh good for the lions that 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 uh this is the time that he wants his money because if he doesn't play 
if he doesn't play our offensive line, Makes life is a lot easier. easier. Everything yeah. is a lot easier for us. Yes, it is. Unfortunately, I do not see him holding out. And I do not think it's just like a fast one. I don't think this is like a game or trick or anything of that nature the Chiefs are trying to play. I think the Chiefs are going to be sitting down come tonight and tomorrow night and realize that if they lose game one in Arrowhead, or as some say, Burrowhead, uh, game one at home when they get their rings to the Detroit Lions – that just doesn't look like this. I know we love the Lions, and I know a lot of media is really coming up on it, but the Lions still carry this this embarrassment with them, right? If you look, Lions are still, I would even guess this year, most teams are looking at the Lions and talking it up as a win. A lot of fans, a lot of fans, I, I should say. Um, it, it just, the Lions have an embarrassment of, 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 of riches of embarrassment, right? Like we are bad. And, no matter how good we are, no matter how many times Kyle Brandt or Dan Orvlowski or whoever wants to like talk us up, we still carry this embarrassing weight with us. And teams are embarrassed to lose to us and expect the SOL, right? They expect something to happen where they win. The Chiefs are are just like, Chiefs fans, at least, are, are like everyone else. And I bet the Chiefs owner is just like that, where he is refusing to lose to Detroit at home week one while they get the Super Bowl rings. Like that, it's worse than losing, we'll say, to like the Chargers or the the Bengals or the Bills or, or a team that carries weight. Like we just don't carry weight right now. And I think because of that, he's going to look himself, the owner of the, uh, the Chiefs is going to look himself in the mirror and say, we need to get Chris Jones on the field because we can't lose to the Detroit Lions of all teams. This college football high school football team we can't lose to him we can't lose to him which is great because when we come in and we punch him in the chin and we knock him down it's going to be awesome but i think because of that thought process you're going to see the chiefs give everything to get chris jones back as for jamal adams that's injury right they're they're not rushing him back i don't think he he might be back and if he is back like that'll be his first time practicing the week before in his first game and how like i'm not that worried about that honestly Chris Jones will make an immediate impact, and I would love to see him not on the field. Normally, you know me, Adam. I'm the guy where it's like I want Aaron Rodgers on the field so I can beat the Packers. You know, I, I believe I said that many times last year. I want the best of the best because to be the best, you have to beat the best. I don't need Chris Jones out on that field. He can <laughs> he can stay at home. I love the video you posted, Adam, of Kelsey just like begging him to come back. Literally said, I'm begging you to come back Uh, like – the Chiefs are worried. I'm telling you, if teams are worried, they they need Chris Jones back. I will play this game without Chris Jones, but I don't think that happens. I do think he's on the field against the Lions. Week you make a great point, Nick, where um, the Chiefs, yeah, the Lions, we don't care anyway. You ask any casual fan outside the Midwest, they're like, oh, the Lions? Yeah, they might win like five games this year. I've, I've heard a couple things about them, but it's the Lions. They're not going to win. And every Chiefs fan's thinking that. And if the Lions, you're right, if we do go into Arrowhead and we beat the Chiefs, we steal their the ring ceremony and all this. We saw it last year with the Rams. The Bills went in there. Granted, Bills were contenders and carried much more weight. And they we beat are them. contenders, but we don't carry weight. But the Rams fell apart after that. They were just squabbled. And granted, the Chiefs and Rams are very different Super Bowl champion teams. But there is a circumstance where it's like, if they lose the Lions, some fans will be like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? As, as, you know, as Pat Mahomes lost it, and granted, all of it will just be chalked up to nonsense, but there will be casuals that will be thinking like that, and we see it even in the preseason. You get your reporters that are like, well, this this uh, Brian Branch guy, he's a stud, and he could be a starter, and he could knock C.J. Garner-Johnson out of his starting job. Get the hell out. No, we Gar, CJ Garner Johnson, he's the starter. This just goes to show you don't know anything about the Lions and you just saw a rookie playing good. So yep. ultimately, tons of casuals, tons of media are still, like you said, well, this Lions team could be good. And I do believe we are in the same category as the Bears and the Packers to lots of casuals in the sense of, oh, this Jordan Love. They could be good with him. Oh, this Justin Fields, they could be good with him. Oh, you know, the Lions as a whole team, they could be something. But it's still not a fearful team. Mm -hmm. And there's still a lot of people that are like, 
oh, this is the Vikings division to lose. They won it last year. They were 11 and five and all this good stuff about the Vikings, but no, 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 no. The Lions, we are still this underdog team to a lot of people. It's going to take a few weeks, maybe like a decent win streak for us to be put on the map, us to be actual legit contenders and recognized by the media. But yeah, Nick, make a great and scary point of the Chiefs thinking, we know how much you mean to this team. You are a, I think he had like 15 sacks last year. Big, big number. You're an important piece to this team. We want you here. And what's a few million going to cost us? You know, we're not even making Patrick Mahomes the highest paid quarterback. We Travis Kelsey isn't the highest yeah, paid tight end. So it's like, we're saving money here. Let's go give it to Chris Jones. Yeah. Hopefully they don't do that, but what Mahomes did get a good deal though, right? Ten years for like yeah, it was a ten year. It was like four hundred fifty fifty oh. million. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, that's big so old crazy. big old contract. It's got to be uh, like the only ten year contract in NFL history, right? Like I've watched football yeah. a long it was time. The biggest I don't think I've ever seen. I've ever, I've ever seen. You it's see weird. it in baseball. In baseball, they get like a twelve year fucking whatever deal, and then in I hockey. I think that one Lundquist goalie got like a 15-year contract by the Islanders, and that was the longest I'd ever seen. Um, I think in football, I think that's 10-year contract is the longest contract I've ever seen. In, I'll definitely in, look that up. Um, that's but, pretty funny. Uh, some other, uh, not really a whole lot of other news and notes going on. Um, Julius had to take off real quick. So, Nick, let's do a little Lions-Chiefs teaser. Uh, we will be doing our full Chiefs Lions breakdown. I did give the, the viewers a little preview either Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever fits our schedule best. But uh, we will definitely do a heavy breakdown. But here's a small teaser Lions Chiefs were opening the NFL off. First time the Lions have ever done that. I think this is one of the most exciting games for the Lions in the last like five years. Probably our most recent playoff game was probably the biggest. Game since this since this uh, Chiefs game coming up, we just mentioned possibly no Chris Jones. Hopefully he holds out for a little longer. But the big news, the big news, the best news, the most awesome news about this game is for the first time ever, not one, not two, but yes, all three of the Honolulu Blues boys, me, Nick, and Julius are gathering together at Nick's house. We'll be watching the Lions-Chiefs game there, and you better believe we'll be posting some good old live Lions content will be getting live interactions with Nick and Julius when they're hooting and hollering, scoring touchdowns. It'll be all sorts of fun. I was um, debating on do we try to set up uh, if I tell everyone to bring a laptop and microphone. And there's a possibility. This is just like literally me thinking out loud right now live on the TV show. Maybe, maybe not. Would be kind of fun for like a quarter for us to do like a live Manning cast behind the yeah. cast like during the game. That might that might be a positive. So just keep your eye open for it during the game. If you're bored listening to the announcers talk up the Chiefs and not care about the Lions, come listen to us. Possibly, well, we will give you the most biased uh, <laughs> fan uh, fan interaction, fan yeah. breakdown ever. Every call will be a bad call if it's against the Lions. <laughs> we will have lots of fun there. So yeah, come yes. join us. It, it will be great. So Nick, on a scale. Of one to like, we'll say. I'm trying to think of like a good. I don't want to say one. Numbers text. are hard, Adam. I get it. Yeah, obviously, this game's ten. <laughs> okay. But what sporting event, any type of event, could you compare this Lions Chiefs game to in recent history? If it's you know a huge concert that you were like, I cannot wait for this. You've been waiting for months, months, months. If it's the last Lions playoff game. Um, Tiger's most recent walk-off win. Man, deep into that brain, a little on-the-spot question. So, just a few things off the top of my head that ring a bell. Of course, the Lions, um, the Packers game that was heavily anticipated. We have playoff hopes on the line, and then when we knew our playoff hopes were gone, it was like we're ripping it out of Rogers' hearts. That's all I want, and every Lions fan was geeked up for that. Uh, the Tigers. Haven't really been relevant, but we have had a couple of sweet walk-off home runs. Parker Meadows hit a killer walk-off home run, his first ever major league home run. First Tigers or second Tigers hitter to do that in Tigers history. First one was 
Riley Green. Very cool. But uh, there has been some solid events. And if Nick, nothing's ringing the bell, just give me a big old, you know, one to 100, I guess. And 100 gotcha. being a Lions Super Bowl. I got you. I got you. I got you. This reminds me of the first time as a kid you went to like Michigan Adventures and the first time you rode Shivering Timbers. Are you a roller coaster guy, Adam, or not? Yes. And okay. I, yes. Have you I know what you're talking about too. Okay. The big wood one. So it's, yeah. you're, you're super excited, right? <clears throat> the whole day you're super excited. For me, we had to drive a couple hours. So like the excitement even built for those couple hours. And we're listening to music as a family and we're having a good time and we're, we're just laughing and we're like, we're going to Michigan Adventures. Let's get on Shivering Timbers. And you get there and you see this huge wooden roller coaster and people screaming and, and you're like getting super excited. But now all of a sudden you're getting butterflies in your stomach and you're getting a little nervous. And then you get in line and, and the excitement is really starting to flip into like nervousness butterflies. You're 10, 11 years old and you're like, oh my God, what the hell have I got myself into right now? That's the start of the game, right? Then you get on and you start this uptick and that's the that's the Chiefs getting their, their, their rings and it's just this uptick. And then you fall down. And that is going to be this Lions game. You will go up and down. It will be a roller coaster of emotions. It will be fun. It will be exciting. It will be nerve-wracking. You'll want to throw up after, before, during. It's going to be crazy. This is like your first roller coaster. And when it's over and the Lions win, you get off and you're, you feel you're like, okay, my whole body's still I here. I want to do that again. I want to run it back. And you, know, you run back to the line. And after we win the Chiefs, we're going to run it right back to Seattle, back at home against Seattle. And we're going to continue to run this roller coaster that is going to be awesome. That is what I would compare it to. That's great comparison, Nick. Uh, excellent, excellent. Uh, hey, I will say, my dad made a great one. Uh, Jewish would agree a little more. Michigan, mm. Ohio State last year. Michigan. Mm had just gotten over the hump of beating Ohio State. Um, it was – I think that was in Ohio last year. So it was a little bit of on-the-road mentality, a little nervousness, mm -hmm. but it was like, we can still beat these guys. We're – let's do this. And then, yeah, you're a couple like five minutes away from kickoff. You're sitting in that seat. You're like, oh, baby, here it goes. And then, <laughs> boom, kickoff, that roller coaster goes, and you're just like, <laughs> yes, that's so true. Going for the time of your life. So yes, that's what I do agree. I think this um this will be a roller coaster game in which we're gonna see big plays of like we're at the top, it's rock and roll, and then we're mm -hmm. gonna see like Mahomes do some crazy mm -hmm. sideways around the back through the legs throws, mm -hmm. and yeah, find Kelsey, you know, just doing all sorts of you know like, where the how is he open? Because I mm -hmm. I hope not, but I do feel like there will be one play where Kelsey will just out of just pure breakdown, just get wide open, and they'll be like, how did Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, get this wide open? Hopefully, Brad Holmes is like, hey, C.J. Garner-Johnson, Kirby Joseph, Brian Branch, you boys, stick like him on. The he lead. should. Lock him down and make Mahomes beat you with Sky Moore yes. and Marcus Valdez-Gantling. Tony, yeah. Tony exactly. shouldn't even be playing week one, I doubt. Like, it's – I mean, maybe he does, I guess, but – he just had like a meniscus injury like four, three months ago. There's no way he's playing. So, yeah, like just lock Travis Kelsey down and make Clyde Edwards Hilaire beat you. Like <laughs> that's how we would have. We're going to have exactly, to do it. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I will say about that next week. the last time the Lions played the Chiefs in September, we spanked them. 2011, Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson went off for a four-touchdown performance for Stafford, two-touchdown for Calvin, and we beat them 48-3, to the biggest victory of margin in Lions history. So don't expect a 48-3 to beatdown, but, man, oh, man, that would be insane. I that would will, be fun. <laughs> I, I don't even know. Uh, that would be insane. But, yes, um, I don't think it will be that big of a blow. But right. we know how to handle the Chiefs in September. We've been there before, so we can do it. Uh, Nick, do you want to you want to give a quick little a first off the top of your head Lions prediction? Go, and the next week we'll give our more accurate one. Uh, I tweeted out already. Lions are gonna win this thirty Definitely to twenty eight. Thirty twenty eight. All mm -hmm. right, I like it. Like it. Thirty twenty eight. We'll see if you stick to that next week because I know we love to change all the time, especially That's me. Weird. I'm gonna go a classic twenty four twenty. Seems like I always find these numbers. Um, actually gonna change that again because. Can't root for a number that I that I don't want to root for. So I, I think the game's going to go over. 24-20 is an under game of 44. I think the spread's at 53 and a half, which is high. So I am going to go 
230. Hey, yo. 34 27. Okay. Not touchdown win, but hot. I think we get a last drive down. And also, Julius, love it. Perfect timing. First off the top of your head, Ryan's prediction. What do you got? Say that one more time. First, <laughs> the first prediction off the top of your head for the Lions Chiefs game. What do you got? We will get our more accurate one next week. I said 30 28. Adam said 34 27. I'm going to go 30 20. Lions. 30, I love 20. it. I like, it. The, I like the, it. The, the margin of win has increased every time. I love it. Tomorrow, next week, Julius is going to be like 46 to 10. No, next week, Nick, next week we'll hop on and Julius will be like, well, did you know the Lions won 48 to 3 in September 2011? I think we We did know that. (laughs) Julius, in case uh, you weren't listening, we were talking about how the Lions spanked the Chiefs 48 to 3 in September, ironically, almost 12 years ago. So I was going to say a decade, but it's longer than a decade. So um, history could repeat itself. You never know. And yes, oh Nick, I love it. You're gonna have a sack and an intersection, which is hilarious <laughs> to me. <laughs> I love you, Justin. Dude, he is going to intersect. I don't know where, but he he's will. intersecting. He will. That was my. And then also, final thing: don't leave Pat Mahomes more than 13 seconds, 13 seconds or less. Yep. That's it. It's very true. As always, you could check us out on Twitter at Honolulu Blues. Check us out individually at Julius the Fifth Top, Nick at Nick Faber NFL. And me at Everyday FFB. Find all that good stuff there. And we do have a little giveaway going on right now. Check out, I believe, our most recent tweet. Could be our pinned tweet as well. Um, we're giving away, hopefully, a Jameer Gibbs. Or not Jameer Gibbs. If Jameer Gibbs scores a touchdown. A Jameer Gibbs jersey could be yours, but the catch is it'll be any Lions jersey. If you want a Hutch jersey, it'll be Judge jersey. If you want a Jared uh, Goff jersey, it'll be Goff. So Jameer Gibbs scores a touchdown against the Chiefs. We are hooking up a lucky winner with a Lions jersey. If not, we will give away two winners, $25 in cash. So check out that tweet right now. And as always, boys, go. Go.